It's September 17th, 2020. This is episode 26 of Back to Normal. So let's get started. All right, today my plan is to give kind of a brief uh, review of iOS 14, which came out, I guess it officially came out yesterday. It was released, it was announced um, that the final version was going to be coming out on Tuesday, and then it came out on Wednesday. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about the event that announced it, and then really focus on the things that were kind of released uh, this week to do with Apple products. And um, yeah, so I have a few things I want to focus on. I have been running iOS 14 in beta since beta one on my my own personal iPhone and my iPad. And so I do have quite a bit of like the what I guess I would call historical context for um, for the, the very basic functionality, the way that things look and work with um, iOS 14. So things like widgets, um, the app library, I've been using that those for like, I guess, almost two months now, three months now, three months now. Um, it was the end of June that uh, WWDC was. Uh, and so though I didn't have, I'll get into a little bit with widgets, like I didn't have access to um, third-party widgets. I've just started to get access to those within the last few weeks um, and more than ever in the last 24 hours. But um, yeah, so I'll talk a little bit about what my experience with those has been so far um, and then a few other things as well. Um, I found the beta cycle this year to be pretty good. Um, what I would say, the way that I've got this kind of down in my mind, is that the beta started off, for me at least, I know there are some people had problems, um, but the beta started for me at least very stable. And um, yeah, nothing, no like game-breaking bugs or anything. But what I did notice is that though it started off pretty high, let's say, let's say 6 out of 10 in stability. Um, compared to most beta ones, um, it only ever got to like right now, the final release version is maybe like an eight, eight and a half out of 10. Um, so while there are definitely fewer bugs than, than usual with, um, a, a final release of iOS, it's not like the, st the stability of more stable, um, historical releases for me is just not really, um, you can't really compare them. And so I would say that this release, this final release is less stable than most final releases tend to be. I would say it's more stable than iOS 13 last year, which was kind of a, a horrible mess um, where they ended up releasing iOS 13.1 almost like less than a week after the release of 13, just because it was it was, it was like a quick turnaround to get these um, fixes out. Every year when the new iOS beta comes out, I always or I almost always go back and any of the any of the apps that I use where I don't use the default Apple provided app. So things like mail, things like podcasts, um, weather, for example, um, I usually just don't use them and either check them in a folder. Now that you can delete them, I just delete them depending on things like weather are sometimes nice to have because the widget um, that it comes with uh, helps. But I always almost always install those default apps again at the start of a beta cycle because I just want to see what has changed and what updates um, they have. And so, for example, with podcasts and the widget and weather and its widget, um, I wanted to see what those were going to be like. And so I had those on my phone. Um, I don't think I'm going to go back to them just because like they're they're extremely generic, like they're very mass market. And I've grown accustomed to the features of like, for example, I use Overcast for podcasts. Um, I've grown accustomed to that feature set and I really it's really powerful. So I don't 
like having something that's like absolutely 100% rock solid stable because it's a first party app um, that's got access to all these extra power tools and things that developers don't have access to outside of Apple um, and things like weather. I, I think I'll probably keep weather around just because the widget is nice, but um, the app that I use for actual weather forecasting and like trying to figure out if it's going to rain or not is the Weather Networks app. And if that app gets a widget, I'm just going to switch to that. I'm not going to stick with the official weather widget. Um, but there are there have been a few widgets that have come out even just in the last 24 hours, a bunch, couple of new ones that I'm pretty excited to try out. So um, David Smith is a prolific, extremely prolific indie developer. Um, and he's always putting out new apps that test the newest functionality. And so on day one, um, he released an app called Widget Smith, with, which basically lets you just build your own custom widgets. And um, it's it's actually beautiful. If you have any desire for just like putting basic information, like the time, um, the weather, the like a calendar, just like very simple information on your home screen in a widget, like this app will do it for you. And so I've got this. Um, I'm really fascinated with the concept of fuzzy time in computing, which is the idea that your computer clock by default usually shows you this is exactly what time it is. And if you click on me, I'll give you even the exact number of seconds that it is. Um, but if you don't want that, like most humans don't need that most of the time. The only time you really need that is, I don't know, like if you're trying to time something with somebody else and coordinate exactly at the same moment, have something happen. But for the most part, you really only need fuzzy time, which is like, Nah, within five minutes, it's good. Like I'm just approximating here. And so the Widgetsmith um, app gives you, for example, right now it's 7.17 on my actual clock, but on the Widgetsmith widget I'm looking at right now, it just says quarter past seven. And if you're just glancing at your phone, also it's in, in giant text compared to the time. Um, if you're just glancing at your phone, like that's enough. I just need to know that it's 20 past seven. I don't, I don't care that it's 7.18. And um, so I think I'm really going to like that. Um, that's going to be stuck to my widget screen all day. The other ones that I've seen here, there's one that just came out today from, or I guess last night, I guess, from OneDrive, just to let you, if you use OneDrive to back up your photos, it will just show you, it'll surface um, photos from history and just put them in the widget, um, which I think is a pretty nice uh, use of it. Um, Sleep Plus Plus is another app that David Smith makes, or he's made, but it's not, um, it's not new, it's an older app, and tracks your sleep before Apple's um, built-in app does that and so it it actually has a bunch of powerful new features now because it's able to use some of the sleep tracking features that apple built into the apple watch um, but it'll basically show you hey here's what your last night of sleep looked like so here's how long it was what time you went to bed and what time you woke up um, there's an app here from um there's a widget here from an app called dark noise which is a like a almost like a it's like a sound machine but for like either soothing or distracting or or relaxing sounds things like that um, and so there's a widget there where you can just pick your favorite sounds that you want to play and just from a tap on the home screen, you can just start playing that sound. So things like white noise, things like the one that I see here is airplane interior. Um, yeah, there's an app that I use called Parcel, which tracks all your deliveries. Um, I actually started paying for the premium version in maybe March or April. Um, it's like $4 a year. I was just like, yeah, absolutely. We're going to be like being in lockdown. We get all our stuff delivered now. We We do groceries once a week, but other than that, um, we just like anything we need to buy, we just have delivered. And so having that, um, to be able to track my deliveries is just great. And it works really well with, um, with shortcuts. So I can basically, anytime I get a new delivery, I can just copy it, um, copy the, the tracking number or whatever, and hit this, um, hit the share button and send it to parcel. And it will just automatically 
pull out that pull the tracking number into the system and I can label it with whatever label I want. And then I'm tracking that. And um, yeah, that's been really, really nice to have. Um, yeah, so that is that's my kind of quick look at widgets. Um, I do have quite a few of them on my home screen and I have for a while and I don't really see it going away because um, it's just really nice to have that glanceable information. And I'll talk a little bit about why um, I think that's so easy to do next, which is um, wanting to talk about the changes to apps and how they're displayed in on different pages, um, as well as the app library. And so for the entire history of the iPhone up until up until the release of iOS 14, the only way that you could get um, the only way that you could have an app installed on your phone is if it was somewhere on your home screen. And it didn't have to be on the first home screen. It could be like buried way back, but it had to be there. And if you wanted to delete the icon from your home screen, um, you had to actually physically delete the app. The only like you can bury it in a folder, but like then the folders get really clustered. Anyways, it was a mess. And um, one of the things that I've really wanted for a long time is that to use it, um, all my apps and organize them in the same way or in a similar way, at least, I guess we'll talk about how it's not exactly the same as the way that Android does it, which is um, to be able to basically say, you can have no apps whatsoever on your home screen at all. And they will all go in this app drawer. And then you can pick if you want apps to be on your home screen, you just go and get them from that app drawer and pin them to your home screen. And so this is using kind of the opposite metaphor where it's like you can hide the apps you don't want rather than show the apps you do want. Um, but it, it, either way, it's really nice. And um, the app library itself is organized by category. I don't know if I prefer because Android, I think that by default just has like a, just a straight list of all your apps. Um, iOS has that too, but the default um, way that iOS does it is with categories. And categories are useful, I think, because it uses kind of machine learning and and figuring out what apps you want from each category that you might want the most at a given time and surfaces those. Um, so you don't have to click on the entire folder to to open up that app category. Um, but it's not perfect. And there are some weird things um, with that system. And so um, I would say it's not perfect, but it's worked really well for me. And now like I have dozens of apps that I never, ever launch, except like once every six months, I like I have them and I open them. And I like being able to know that they've been doing their thing in the background, like most of them. They do something. I just don't need to look at them all the time to to like check that they're doing it because they're just like gathering information or or whatever. Um, or like um, restaurant apps. I don't need a restaurant app to be on my home screen, but if I'm going to that restaurant, I just need to be able to access it quickly, and I don't want to have to re-download the app or anything like that, or like dig it up from some folder. And so having the ability to just quickly go to the app library, get it or search for it or whatever, and just have it pop up without having to be like, have it in my face all the time is just a beautiful balance. And the other reason that um, I'm able to use so many widgets on my home screen is that I've saved up, I've saved some app space by um, using another widget that I hadn't talked about yet, which is the um, Siri suggestions widget, which will basically give you um, eight suggested apps in, in this widget that takes up a third of the screen. and so it replaces eight app icons that are stuck forever, frozen in time um, with the ones you picked with eight icons that change based on what it thinks, what the system thinks you're going to want to use. And that's based on frequency of use. That's based on time of day. That's based on, you know, all kinds of um, information the system is trying to put together. 
And I really, really like that feature. So I have on all my home screens that I have right now, I have a series suggestions one just so that I can put my ones that I definitely want to have on there. Um, and I can have some widgets, but then I can have one spot with eight app icons that are just constantly changing. And you'd think that would be like, for some people that might be too much, that might be distracting or um, just not be the way that you work. Cause you want to like know and consistently go back to where this one thing is. And that's what I have for the apps that I, that I have chosen to be there. But I really like the series suggestions. Just be like, I can't decide which eight apps I want. I want the system to figure it out for me and, and surface the ones that it thinks I want. And it's, it's right a lot of the time. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy with the way that has turned out and, um, I'm going to keep using that feature, um, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, it's really great. Um, the other thing I wanted to quickly mention is that now that iOS 14 is final, um, the browsers that I use on my phone, other than Safari have gotten updated. So in iOS 14, they announced that you'd be able to replace your default mail app and your default browser with, um, alternatives that are, they're kind of handpicked. You can't just say, yes, I'm a browser and, and be able to have someone pick you. Um, but the two, uh, two browsers that I use got this right away. So Google Chrome, and I've started using Microsoft edge more just because, um, it's got a lot more of the tracking features or, um, not tracking features, but tracking removal or control features just to be able to, um, avoid having the most egregious web tracking, um, have it be removed from the browser. And, um, so they both got that and I was able to actually, it was yesterday, Google Chrome has had it for about the last week or so, I think, cause I was on the beta. Um, and so Microsoft edge got it last night and I'm really excited about that. And I made edge my default browser right away. I would have done this a decade ago if, um, as soon as Chrome was released, I would have changed my default browser to, um, to Chrome, but now I've moved, I, I think I'm moving away from Chrome. I'm kind of testing right now. It's been a, a month or two that I've been testing the Chromium version of edge. And, um, I really like it cause it's obviously it's very similar to Chrome, but it doesn't have as much of the, um, it doesn't have as much of the, I don't want to call it bloat, but it doesn't like, it's not centered around an ad company. It's centered around a company that, um, not that Microsoft doesn't do ads cause obviously they do with Bing and that kind of thing. But, um, because I, the, the core business of Microsoft doesn't resolve, doesn't revolve around, um, advertising it makes me feel a lot more comfortable knowing that the tracking stuff they're doing is actually kind of in good faith and designed to actually help the user whereas chrome i i do believe it but i'm i'm more cynical about it or more skeptical about it and so i'm I'm trying out edge because it like it said it's based on chromium so it's got cross-platform apps and all that stuff um and they're they're adding features really quickly so i'm really happy with um with how that's going so far the last thing i want to talk about just quickly um, is a tangential update, which is that the AirPods Pro got a firmware update. Uh, I think this was the day before, uh, it was the day of the um, iOS 14 announcement, which was Tuesday. And boy, the AirPods Pro got a big update. So there was two, there were two announced features that the Pro was going to get um, when they announced them at WWDC. And I was really excited to see that they're, they're there and they're kind of the dream of AirPods Pro is, is really coming true now. Um, so the, yeah. I think all the AirPods get this. So it's not just the Pro that gets this first feature, but um, the ability to automatically switch between devices is just amazing. Um, so now when you, like for example, anytime, if I've got my AirPods in, anytime I open a device, like be it my phone, anytime I turn the screen on, it'll show a little bar at the top that says AirPods Pro connected. Anytime I do it, if I'm listening to something on my phone and I do it on my iPad, it says, it says AirPods Pro connected on the iPad. Just basically saying, I'm here, 
Um, and if you start playing something on me, I'll switch to it. And I've been, so I've been testing this out because over the, over the last year or so since that I've had, um, AirPods, um, the AirPods pro, no, not a year. When did I get them? I got them for my birthday. Um, so I've had them for three months now. And the only thing that I didn't like about them was the fact that you had to kind of manually switch between the devices. And so I had set up a widget that basically I would just, um, I have the, um, assistive touch thing on. And so all I had to do is either double tap it on the iPad or, um, 3d touch it on the phone. And it would automatically switch my active thing to AirPods on that device. And so I would use that as kind of my almost automatic switching. Um, but with this new feature, I basically, I think I can probably disable that within a couple of weeks because it works almost every time that if I'm, if I'm listening to something on my phone and I'm, I've got the AirPods in and I'm listening through that and I go on my iPad and I start playing a video, it just pauses on the phone, switches to the iPad and, and starts it playing. Like there's no lag whatsoever. It's, it's, it's really incredible. And, um, yeah, I'm very, very happy with that. And the other AirPods pro update, which I've, I'm doing some first time testing. It looks like, um, so with spatial audio, it's kind of like surround sound, but for, um, headphones and a mobile device. And I think I don't have it. My, my iPad appears to be so old that it doesn't get this feature. Um, because the firmware did update and it shows it on my phone, but it doesn't show it on my iPad. But the idea of spatial audio is that, um, when you have it turned on, when you're, if you're watching something, rather than having the audio just play in your head, it plays, it, it uses um, some kind of algorithm along with the orientation of your head and the orientation of your phone and the location of your phone in space compared to the headphones to um, tune the audio so it sounds like it's coming from the device. And that means if you do something like turn your head or, you know, face away from it, it will sound like the sound is still coming from where your phone was rather than just playing as though it's coming out of nowhere. And it's a, I've, I've only been, been able to play around with it a little bit. Cause like I said, it's on my phone and I don't really watch as much on my phone as I do on my iPad, but it's, it's really interesting idea. And it kind of, um, it kind of changes the game in terms of immersion because you can look away from something and the, the audio won't move with you. It'll be like, you're actually kind of taking your attention away. I have to play around with it more, but it's a really interesting feature. And, um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm really excited about these updates. And like I said, I've been using some of them for three months, but, uh, some of these features like the app library, um, but yeah, widgets just started rolling out for third com third party companies. Um, so I'm excited for those and default browser. I haven't even, I've really only started to see what this can do. But having a default browser that's not Safari has been amazing. And I think I, I suspect it might start. We might start to see now that you can do this, um, the companies that currently have a feature in their um, in their app that says, do you want to use the system browser? Do you want to use Chrome? Do you want to use something else? Um, they have the, all a lot of apps, like dozens of apps that I own have this settings toggle that lets you pick between what browser you want. Um, I suspect they might be able to have just a use default browser now and from what i've seen like the reddit app for example um it does have this it has like a list of i think four browsers here um and if you pick so edge is microsoft edge is not one of the browsers on there but chrome is and safari is and i think there's also like an in browser like the reddit browser um and so i switched it to i switched my default browser to microsoft edge and then I set my Reddit browser to use Safari. And when I did that and then clicked a link, it opened an edge. 
So I suspect what it's not, what it's doing behind the scenes is rather than um, setting it to actual Safari, it's setting it to default browser, which is the desired behavior. Like that's great. Um, but it just kind of needs a tweak in wording now that this feature is out. And I'm really, really excited to, to use more widgets and, and use all these iOS 14 features. So I hope this was interesting to all of you. And um, thank you very much for listening. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.